Welcome to the FTF Exchange Podcast. This is Maureen Lowe, founder and president of FTF. In this podcast series, we speak with industry professionals from leading financial and technology firms in capital markets. We will discuss an array of topics from current events to the latest fintech updates to human interest stories from time to time. Through these discussions, we strive to foster thought leadership and information sharing, and we certainly welcome comments and feedback for future episodes. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into another edition of the FTF Exchange podcast series. Today, we are speaking with Neil Murphy, Tri-Resolve Business Manager at Ostra, and Joachim Stromberg, Head of Tri-Resolve Solutions, also at Ostra. Ostra is the new home for the influential businesses of MarketServe, Triana, Trioptima, and Reset, and is a joint venture between CME Group and S&P Global. So first, Neil and Joachim, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing at Astra? Yeah, hi, hi Eugene. My name is Neil Murphy. I'm a business manager at Trioptima, and I guess my main focus in the last few years has been helping clients understand regulatory change with respect to uncleared margin rules, and then moving towards industry automation and best practice. And Joachim? Yes, my name is Joachim Strömberg. I'm based in Stockholm, and uh, I've been overlooking uh, new business initiatives for the Triosol business and uh, work together with Neil to uh, develop, design uh, the uh, Triosol margin solution that uh, we have now serving 270 clients with collateral automations. So. That has been a big focus over the years. And now we're looking in adjacent processes to that taps into the collateral process to offer even greater degrees of automations to, to clients. Okay. Uh, Neil, why are some clients uh, still relying on manual processes to manage collateral and, and related operations? Yeah, it's a good question, Eugene. I, I guess I talk to a lot of firms across the industry about their collateral management processes. So I get a lot of different feedback on the different approaches they use, um, but there's probably some common themes. I think the reason for a more manual approach may be a lack of education or maybe even awareness of, of what is now possible in terms of automation. You know, we've seen a lot of new development in the industry in the last few years, and, and it does take time for the winder industry perhaps to catch up. But I guess moving on from a lack of understanding about the options available, perhaps the most frequent uh, excuse firms mentioned is that their existing collateral system, whether that's an internal build or a vendor platform, it simply cannot support new levels of automation. So they find themselves effectively locked into manual processing, even if they want to move on. And I think this perhaps reflects a wider issue for firms where they're constrained from improving their processes and adopting new features by a requirement to either build new capability, connect to industry tools, or perform a lengthy upgrade in order to get access to those new features. So they're kind of held back, um, I think. And elsewhere, I think for, for some firms who leverage traditional front office or back office systems to manage collateral, uh, they often lack some of the more advanced features that you would see in, in, in our platform, Trisolve Margin, you know, and that is characterized by the high levels of automation. And I think if we move away maybe from the system issues, firms often cite a lack of time uh, and even budget to go back and improve old established processes. So it's not on their radar, it's not a priority. Uh, and obviously that near constant flow of regulatory change we've seen in the OTC market in recent years has made it harder 
to perhaps justify improvements to BAU. Um, and, and maybe kind of maybe to wrap up, I guess, I'd suggest some firms are maybe perhaps more reluctant to change, either from an organisational perspective or individual management perspective. Um, but perhaps the reason cited which disappoints me most, I guess, is when firms say they don't need automation, typically citing that they don't have large enough volumes to justify it. And I really find that quite, you know, you know the wrong approach. I think there's automation gains that everybody can leverage, everybody can improve their processes regardless of size. It does, it's not or only something for the largest firms. Does that mean uh, some firms have a partially automated situation? Yeah, definitely. There, there, there are different levels of automation. I think automation means something slightly different to everybody. But yeah, it's just I think as long as they're on the path towards adopting some automation, that's a positive thing. Can they be fully automated? Maybe not at this point, but I think they should be considering it of what, what is possible. Neil, is, is there one lesson or a definitive anecdote from your career that, that has taught you the, the importance of automating collateral operations? I'd like to say I've always been kind of advocating for, for collateral automation and improvement. I started off personally doing collateral management in Excel spreadsheets. That's a long time ago. Unfortunately, there are firms still using Excel spreadsheets to manage collateral, and that's really not appropriate in this day and age, given the widespread availability. And I think this really came home to, to not just to me, but to the broader industry two years ago at the outset of the COVID pandemic. I and mean, it was a great illustration of why automation is, I guess, so critical. You know, offices were either closed or had reduced access levels with users working remotely. Firms had, some firms had system access issues given an over-reliance on local network solutions, which weren't always maybe remotely accessible. And that combined with that, there was record levels of market volatility. So for those firms who were reliant on manual processes, and in collateral, this actually would mean requiring access to printers, fax machines, managers having to print and sign documents. These, these firms really found themselves severely challenged. Uh, and a case in point being, some, start, some staff at some firms were required to be actually be in the office physically simply for the purpose of sending wire instructions since they didn't have access to these systems remotely. Um, so I think, you know, reduced system access combined with volatility, it was literally the perfect storm for collateral managers. You know, I spoke to many during that time who talked about, you know, 10 o'clock midnight finishes, you know, huge amounts of extra work on them. And it really did trigger something that, you know, that was the time to, to begin considering automation. But obviously for a lot of firms, you know, during the, the rough period, they can't suddenly change to automation. You know, talking to some of our clients, we were actually able to help them automate at that time because we could remotely go into the system and update some of the options for them. But I think that's a, but the, yeah, I think back to your question, that was a, a key, cha a key challenge um, for firms. And it really highlighted why automation is so critical. So, Joaquim, what, what do you see as the biggest business challenge that is pushing firms toward automation? I mean, if we're looking at the last couple of years, it's definitely been uh, highly driven by regulations. The uncleared margin rules has, has really put the focus on the need for automation. Uh, and it's continuing to do so now as the last phase, uh, phase six of the IM uh, regulation uh, comes into play now in September. But also in parallel with this, it, it seems like it's opened up people's understanding of what automation brings. Because even if you automate some, even if you don't think you need that level of automation, when you have it there, 
it kind of enables you to take the next step and even improve the processes. So it's not just about automating current processes, but it also helps understand how to take it to the next step and improve the processes even, even more, because that could save a lot of cost in terms of, I mean, having manual processes is always a risk. You have the operational risk and if something is delayed or if a settlement is, is, is delayed or is even failed, that could lead to add-on costs, both in the time it takes to investigate it, but it could also be uh, penalties coming out from it. So now when firms have got this sort of initial push on being more automated, we can also see that there's a greater appetite that it's not per se regulatory driven, but now when they have that, they see, oh, but then I could also automate this and this and this, which not directly ties into the uh, uncleared margin rules. Examples could be to have a more streamlined settlement process. So first step, of course, the focus is to streamline the exchange of margin calls. But then how can I then make sure that what I have agreed to send as collateral will be sent out in a timely manner with minimal risk of being uh, failed due to the wrong SSIs or uh, cutoffs times with uh, custodians, etc even nostril breaks coming in there as well to improve that process, not to mention the dispute. So when you have a margin call dispute, having a solid and automated process to quickly understand why. Uh, and there is one, one great example that, that rem, remind me of the, the, the benefits in, in what we are offering and having a collateral automation tool that sits on top of a portrait tool was one of our early clients who uh, uh, historically had been very reactive to margin call disputes which was the case back in the days you had the margin call dispute then you started to exchange the spreadsheets with uh, with the underlying trade portfolios etc and that has uh, and that was the way they've been doing things but now as they start to save up hours every day thanks to this automation of the margin calls they could focus on the exceptions instead of spending hours on just making sure that emails were sent and the response registered back in their systems, which allowed them to solve the disputes quicker because they don't have to waste time on the things that actually work very well. And even more importantly, they could even then start to uh, think about the process where you actually proactively try to avoid modern call disputes by working with the underlying traits or sensitivities. So in the old world, you had to be reactive because you didn't have the time. Now with the automation, what you can do is that you can actually look at trade patterns and see where you disagree on uh, trade parameters, population differences, because you know that over time they could lead to future disputes. So um, having that as a driver is, is something that, uh, that, that definitely firms are starting to uh, appreciate a lot more now and to actually go towards thanks to this sort of like initial automation push that we've got from the regulations. So once a firm decides to that that automation is the path forward, what are the first steps that firms must take to achieve collateral automation? I would actually say that you should probably take even one step back and look at it because collateral uh, automation can mean different things. It could be uh, from the smallest uh, or the narrowest scope just to streamline the exchange of the margin calls. But if you zoom out a little bit, you can see that there's actually a lot of post-trade processes uh, related to the margin process. You have, uh, of course, a calculation of margin, but you also have the settlement of the margin calls. 
you have the interest calculation on the cash collateral. Sometimes you could even look at it from a more holistic point of view uh, and, and, and look at trade payments because trade payments to some extent also impact the collateral process because the the value of your portfolio is all future cash flows and you typically do the margin based on valuation yesterday but if you have trade cash flows that are being exchanged today they will impact the margin call tomorrow so uh, being able to put these two processes closer to each other that could open up for uh, possibilities of netting um, margin calls and cash flows. So I would say, look at it from a from a broader point of view. Include the settlement team, include the collateral management team, the reconciliation team, maybe even the risk team, and try to find sort of like a common vision or a plan. What do we want the optimal post trade process to look like? Then it could start on the collateral side or some other side. But it's good to at least have this combined view. And when you have that, when you know what it is you're trying to achieve and think big and when you know what you're trying to achieve, then go out and talk to vendors, get an understanding of what possibilities is there out there uh, so that you don't start with something, let's say just collateral. And then you realize that now I've, uh, I'm in a corner, I can't expand from here. So I would say look at it more holistically and see what's, uh, what sort of solutions that, uh, that is available in the market. To add to what Joachim was saying, is that there's a lot of shared services available in the post-trade market now. You know, industry standards have really been coming together. So firms should really understand what those tools are and to leverage those wherever possible rather than building bespoke internal type tools uh, or processes or workflows that work just for them. They need to work with their counterparties, with their custodians, with their settlement providers to kind of move forwards as an industry, um, and there, there are the, we're at that point now where there is huge collaboration in the post-trade market, uh, and that's really bringing sizable benefits to everybody. And people, people are looking beyond their silos, right? It seems. Um... Yeah, certainly. I think the focus, you know, has been a lot of regulatory reform on the OTC market, but now firms are looking where can I achieve similar automation, similar efficiencies in repo and cleared. Uh, and definitely it makes sense to re to leverage a lot of that that kind of technology again. So Neil, how many of your clients have improved their automation levels through your help? Yeah. Automation, I guess, means different things to, to different firms. Uh, some are comfortable only with automating data capture and margin calculation, those preliminary steps. So in that case, we've been able to improve automation for 100% of clients. Um, whereby you know, they can log in at the start of the day and there are no manual steps for them to initiate and they can clearly see the status of all of their margin calls they need to manage for the day. And for some, that's a sufficient starting point. However, we offer far more advanced options in terms of automation and effectively we, we now allow clients to automate their entire margin call process. So in practice, this means margin calls can be sent and issued automatically by the service. Inbound margin pools can be analyzed and agreed automatically collateral can be selected and booked based on predefined criteria uh, uh, for each client and the system can perform advanced checks on eligibility and pricing um, to validate that any inbound received collateral meets the, the right criteria so the move from manual processing to full automation is an easy transition for our clients However, I guess we have to recognize not all clients are ready to move to full automation just yet. 
So it's, and I think that's an important of why we built the system to allow clients to define their own comfort level and to set their own automation parameters, so to speak. So if I look across the network, our collateral network, I'd say nearly 70% of clients have adopted some form of workflow automation. And for example, this will see them either leveraging TriResolve margin to send calls automatically, to reply to calls automatically. Um, and I'd say that's a very good number. Obviously, we'd love to see it as 100% moving to full automation, but it's a journey. And I think by getting clients starting to use more and more of this workflow automation, uh, we could, they can demonstrate the, the benefits, they can clearly see the benefits, and they can build buy-in across their firm. So, you know, for some, full automation may, be not may not be feasible just yet. They may have internal or regulatory constraints that, that mandate manual approvals for some steps such as payments. But I think we're getting there and we're definitely seeing you know, strong demand for more and more automation. Joachim, what exactly did you do to help clients improve their automation levels? As I said before, so the, the collateral management uh, solution that uh, we've built is tightly integrated to our uh, portfolio reconciliation service, which happens to be uh, uh, a quite successful one uh, where we do in our network have uh, over 90% of the OTC derivative trades in the world processed daily over that uh, system. So that gave us uh, the, uh, the underlying data required to do the calculation of the margin calls. It was quite, thanks to that, it was a very easy onboarding we could offer to clients who needed automation quickly. Uh, so that, that part of doing the automated calculation was something that sort of like came for free in the sense that we already had that data, that we had the pipes and integrations with the data being sent to us. But uh, I mean, we have looked uh, at where are the biggest pain points in the collateral uh, uh, processing and uh, one of them being the uh, uh, dealing with security as collateral that is often a lot more time consuming and, and difficult compared to cash because you need to keep track of, of course, the prices is moving every day. There are credit ratings, uh, corporate actions that might lead up to substitutions, etc. So um, uh, we also uh, decided to, to, to offer a, a centralized market data um, um, solution. So to help firms to have an automated uh, process where we keep track of updating the prices, calculating the haircuts and uh, everything related to securities. Also leveraging market rates to, to do calculation and breakdown of the collateral interest on a, on a monthly basis. Um, going back to the first point there, so having the port record underlying data, a lot of the automation also sits in how quickly you can manage your disputes and understand the disputes because we can help classify with smart analytics. So if you have a margin call dispute, you could go into the portrait and you can get explanation root causes that 80% of your dispute in this modern agreement is because of FX timings in this currency pair or that type of info is something that is there as well. And that a lot of clients appreciate because previously it was very, very hard and time consuming to, to, to investigate any disputes. Uh, so you actually have time to solve them um, intra day, even in, in some cases. Mm -hmm. And then one of the uh, latest additions that we have is the uh, Swift connectivity so that for clients who so wish can, uh, after you have processed the margin call, you could automatically do the, the Swift instructions from our platform. How new is that aspect, the Swift aspect? It's a year and a half. Um, oh, okay. So 
So uh, it's around the, then you have sort of like there is zero uh, interruption or inter intersection between when you have established the amount with your counterparty to settle and then the computer automatically enrich that with the SSIs and then send that out so that there is no risk of or it minimizes the time to settle and minimizes the risk that the amount would be different in the swift instruction compared to what was agreed in the margin call etc so that is also something that is being uh, taken up by more and more clients to who have really got the, the uh, got the appetite for automation mm -hmm. so so neil we're living in a time of uh, a lot of data and a lot of analysis what data points can can you share uh, that that make the case for the benefits of automation I think for me, Eugene, the most obvious starting point in terms of making the case for automation has to be time saving. The margin call process is, is fragmented. You know, there's a lot of individual steps that have to happen within an organization. They have to happen in cooperation with external parties, the counterparties, custodians, etc. And there's a, so there's a lot of dependency across the process, I guess. So it's not uncommon for margin calls to take hours to complete. You know, you're going across regions as well. That doesn't help. And that's without factoring in margin call disputes. So on a good day for a lot of firms, it does take hours. So it requires a lot of bodies and a lot of time. Uh, we did some work to analyze the time savings for clients where we've implemented automation and found that clients were able to make considerable significant savings, moving from an average of approximately two hours to complete a margin call to doing so in seconds. So effectively, we introduce real time into the margin call process. And that's you know, significant because of you know, not only does it reduce the overall time and effort taken, but it also is, uh, helps firms meet the legal deadlines that they have within their credit relationships with counterparties, whereby they're mandated to complete margin calls frequently by 10 or in the morning or 12 o'clock. So it helps them meet those deadlines. But also from a risk perspective, it helps them the earlier they can agree the calls, the earlier they can sell the collateral. So obviously there's less risk of failed payments. Um, it helps them from a funding and liquidity perspective since their front office are then aware of how much money and what assets they need earlier in the day. So time savings are, are significant. You know, that's the biggest kind of uh, factor for firms to look at. We also see terms, you know, other benefits in terms of earlier completion of the overall process, which is just generally good, more time for folk firms to focus on dispute resolution, dispute investigation, because it's no good beginning that process at four o'clock. You know, firms can see disputes at eight o'clock in the morning, they can identify them uh, and resolve them even ahead of margin call exchange. And that's something that we've really kind of helped to change the way our clients view disputes. Um, but maybe something we don't have observable data on, perhaps more anecdotal, is you know, the traditional collateral processes meant manual processing of often hundreds of quite manual tasks, you know, approving payments, clicking on buttons in, in systems. So moving to automation replaces this these rather thankless tasks in a lot of cases. So it can lead to improved staff satisfaction levels, allowing users to focus on more important tasks and fulfilling tasks around risk reduction. And I think that's always been an issue for clients, you know, or for firms in the back office is that some of these manual tasks are not satisfying and that, that impacts retention. Um, and obviously then, you know, by doing higher value tasks, they have better satisfied employees. Mm -hmm. uh, Joaquin, what is the next big challenge for among your clients and, and how are you helping them tackle it? 
Well, uh, the new level of automation that we see in the market also helps unlock new and interesting opportunities that maybe a few years back would not really be uh, be, be available uh, in, in the way it is now. And uh, I think that is something that is quite exciting to, to the market. One being, for instance, the, the typically siloed operations uh, between different types of collateral operations. We talked about the, the bilateral, uh, the ISTA derivatives, and then the repo is often handled by different teams, at least within, uh, within larger banks. And they cleared and the ETD that they sit um, uh, siloed, which means that that creates issues and problems for, for instance, on collateral optimization, where they might sit on different collateral inventories, or even if they share inventories, there could be like race conditions if two wants to pledge the same thing, etc. So now when we've sort of like established a best practice process on the ISTA side, I think more and more firms do look to consolidate the collateral operations into one system and that will itself unlock a lot of opportunities both when it comes to optimization of collateral to make sure that you post the best collateral uh, globally instead of looking at a subset of your margin agreements which would have been the case in the siloed world another thing is that you sort of you pave the way or at least from a technical point of view to to offer uh, cross product netting where you could for instance, maybe net your ISTA exposure with the repo exposure. And it's only really when you look at all your relations against the same counterparty group where you get the complete picture of the credit risk. So it makes a lot of sense to move away from siloed operations into a consolidated operation because that in itself unlocks a lot of interesting opportunities. Another thing I think is looking at the cleared world where you do the variation margin on a currency basis. Uh, so you, you, all your US dollar trades, you post dollar, euro trades, you post euro as collateral to avoid the, uh, the basis risk if the collateral and the, and the trades are, have different currencies. I mean, in the, in the legacy world or in the bilateral world, you have a base currencies. Even if you have 20 underlying currencies in your portfolio, you exchange margin in typically one currency, typically. But now with a degree of automation, you open up for potentially doing multi-currency uh, calls, even in the bilateral world, which uh, could also further reduce risks. And another thing is also the, the process looking again in the cleared, uh, in the cleared margin process, there you, you, you net today's trade cash flows, the cash flows that settles today on the trades coupons, uh, premiums, etc. You net that with the variation margin call. You don't do that in the bilateral world, and that can create additional credit risk and even liquidity risk when there are large trade payments that you recall as collateral the day after. So you can that introduce like a one or two day lag where you are staying uh, exposed to additional credit risk. So having the cash flow and the margin call and net them together would remove that risk. And uh, I think that is also a type of uh, cost saving and, and uh, process improvement that uh, is now actually achievable thanks to the automation that we, we have seen over the years. And if we're really taking a long-term perspective, I think what we are now, we were in the, um, in the initial phase of actually transition to achieve clearing like margin efficiency in the bilateral world. And that could also unlock regulatory savings in the terms of 
redefining or, or uh, going from collateral to settle to market approaches, etc. That is, of course, long term, but that it all starts with automation of the basic margin call process. And then that needs to be extended into um, uh, to, to whatever direction uh, required. So I think there is a lot of interesting opportunities there. So I think, as you're saying, firms really aren't there yet right now. I mean, this, of course, takes time. I mean, these are big, big shifts in, in market, but having the ability, I mean, it all it, it's a stepwise approach. Like Neil said, even if you could automate 100 percent on your margin calls, many want to take it in their own pace. And what we as vendors can do is that to offer give the possibility that to, to have that opportunity there. And then it's up to uh, when the market feels ready that they they take on that sort of automation that that is uh, provided but it's important that we as a vendor is one step ahead so that when they feel they are ready they have the opportunity to do it so i think we want to be in the forefront there and, and think about what could really unlock a lot of uh, potential cost savings and, and automations to to the market in, in the future okay and lastly neil what are some technologies and some trends that that your clients should be aware of Client, clients to be. Yeah, yeah. I think from a trend perspective, I see, and we've mentioned it before, I see, I see firms moving away from the reactive approach to proactive margining. And this is very much dependent on automation. You cannot have that, that proactive approach unless you're automated in terms of data capture, calculation, analysis, and, and deep insights. And that's definitely something we focused on providing to clients. And that allows firms to take maybe a, a stronger front office view, maybe in terms of collateral funding and liquidity, um, rather than margin being more of an operations-based back office task. And I definitely see that as a perspective that in larger firms are, are looking at. Um, we also expect firms to, to leverage existing utilities and adoption of common data standards. I think the Bank of England issued a white paper just recently advocating this point, you know, particularly aiming at improving adoption outside of major markets and large firms, you know, and we're, and we're looking for the industry to kind of work together for broad scale adoption and not just something in London and New York and Frankfurt, et cetera. Um, I think also other trends, CSA legal agreement, digitization. I think this has quite a bit of momentum now uh, with ISDA behind this and a couple of providers supporting that. Obviously, given the bilateral nature of the legal contract, it needs wider adoption. But I think there's definitely a proven uh, business case for that now. Collateral optimization has been a hot topic for a number of years, particularly for large buy side firms. There are obviously a cost to doing the optimization process, which make it potentially something accessible only to those large funds with huge collateral inventories and cost savings. Um, but I still think bringing, democratizing the access to optimization is something we've tried to do to make that more accessible to small firms. It's, it's linked to automation. Um, big buzzword in the industry, blockchain, artificial intelligence, it, it gets thrown around a little bit. You know, will we see collateral assets on the blockchain? Uh, I'm not a Luddite, uh, but I don't expect it to happen Im immediately. I know there's some kind of test initiatives but I think, you know, given that 80% of collateral is still cash, we're some way from moving from cash. But I think it's good to consider these new kind of options. Artificial intelligence, you know, firms are looking at potentially using it to provide insight into what will my margin call look like tomorrow, next month, using historical data. I think that's quite an interesting spot because that can be used in the front office to, to, for liquidity and funding purposes. So there's, there's always going to be things going 
you know evolving in that market so i think yeah it's a little bit like they say you know you got you can't you got to run walk before you can run like well, however the saying goes is you know automation is the first thing firms need to be doing you know that that they can't do any of those things unless they automate the, the basic steps okay great thank you for your time today thanks very much Eugene. nice talking to you thank you well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the FTF Exchange podcast. If you would like a turn in the hot seat, reach out to us at info at ftfnews.com and let us know what capital markets topics you'd like to discuss. Also, be sure to sign up to receive our email alert so you don't miss out on listening to future episodes. Just visit ftfnews.com and click the sign up link at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening to the FTF Exchange podcast. <laughs>